Welcome to the Iron Society Podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Iron Society Podcast. I'm Cody Chapman, along here, as always, with Mr. Nick Milligan. Mr. Milligan. Mr. Milligan. We're both not sick right now. Yeah. We're not sick anymore, bro. It's nice. It's the new year. Come on, somebody. 2024. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's go. I'm excited because I'm set apart and born to win. Gosh dang it. And so 2024 is going to be the best win yet gonna be the best one yet as an old pastor of mine used to say come on somebody come on somebody that's what shane rogers used to say i miss old shaners old shane rogers you remember shane did you ever meet shane no i don't think so man that's what for 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 context shane is a five foot ten skinny white guy check and during his preaching when he would get excited he'd kind of stomp his foot and go come on somebody (laughs) and i'm like yeah, brother. Come on. Let's go. Um, thing is, though, I adopted it. So I'm not going to hate it because, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say that all the time. Come it's on, somebody. It's good. Come on, somebody. Um, so, man, we what we're going to talk about today is the process and path that and it's really the framework that we believe if if you want to take this entire calendar year, right? Like if a guy want to take this entire calendar year and you could probably accomplish a lot of this in six months if you're really diligent, but let's just say a year. Sure. If you want to, if you wanted to position yourself and you wanted to grow in all the areas that you needed to grow in to fully embrace and walk in your purpose, your calling and everything that God wants you to be as a man, we're going to talk about the five roles that you would need to grow in. Right. And the reason, and we talked about this at our 2023 Iron Society um, vision day that we had with you and I and a couple other guys, we really laid out this process and path that is like, we kind of equated it to um, like Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps, right? Like everyone knows it's like, you want to get out of debt, right? And you want to, you want to, you want that financial freedom. Now there's a lot of ways to do that and there's levels to that game. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get into that Mm -hmm. here. But everyone's like, oh yeah, Dave Ramsey, right? He's the get debt-free guy, right? And he has these seven baby steps, right? You get your, you know, your base, your base emergency fund. Then you start the debt snowball, smallest to largest, and then you get a fully funded emergency fund, and then you start saving, you know, X percentage, and mm-hmm. then you start, you know, all this. And we were like, okay, if we were to lay out our baby steps or the roles that a man has to grow in, what would they be? Right. And and before, I mean, when we started the Iron Society, we had this, right? This is not anything new, but we're just clarifying it to the point where a guy can look at these five roles and say, how am I doing in all of these? How do I need to grow? Because that's the other thing that I really like about these five roles that I didn't tell you guys about the other day as I started to process it more. A man could literally take these five roles every week, every month, every quarter, every year and subjectively look at the roles and say, how am I doing in this, this role right here, this one role, how am I doing in this? Right. Um, so I'm super excited to talk about these. Absolutely. I think, I think getting really clear on these five roles is super helpful. Yeah. And like you say, to stop and assess from time to time periodically, as you're going about your life and in that season to assess where you're at on that and be honest with yourself, where you're at on that allows you to, you know, we've talked about the gap in the game before, right? Like allows you to see the gain. Yes. Right. And focusing on that instead of, Oh, I'm not, I'm not where I want to be yet, but to allow yourself to, to see the gain and then assess, all right, how do I, how do I build upon that? Absolutely. Yeah. And so these are, we're going to go, I'm going to, I'm just going to tell everybody the five roles and then we'll hit on each one. And maybe over the next five weeks, we can talk about each role individually, Check. Um, which is good because then it'll give us audio to put into a transcriber to create a book from. There you go. Because I, th- I, I really think this is, this is like the big picture of this framework is a, 
would be really good to dive into the nuance of different things and mm-hmm. to put a book in guys' hands sure. with even some exercises and things that they can execute on to be like, here are my top three priorities to grow in this role. Absolutely. Right. Here's three areas, three common pitfalls of this particular role. How am I going to safeguard myself? Right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of possibility there for that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the roles are as follows. So man, that's the first role. Your role is a man. Then your second role is that of a husband. Third role is that of a father. Fourth role is that of a leader. And fifth role is that of a guide, right? So man, husband, father, leader, guide. Those are the five roles a man plays in his life. Mm -hmm. They really are. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, um, let's just jump into it. So the first one, man, right? Man. Um, You have to, you... (laughs) I I say this all the time, right? Like you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. A man cannot go win the day and walk in his purpose and calling. If he as a man is not taken care of. And when I say taken care of, I mean, you're relatively dialed in, right? Because if you're broken and you don't know who in the world you are, you don't know your, you don't have your identity. You're fat and out of shape with gelatinous man boobs, right? Like you're just not going to be able to show up in every subsequent role, right? Husband, father, leader, guide as the best version of what God has made you to be, right? You're just not going to be able to. Yep. Um, you're going to take a broken thing into the race. Yeah. A broken thing or even an unknown aspect, right? If you don't know who you are, if you don't know who the Bible says that you are, who God's calling you to be, if you're not able to be clear on those specific you know, foundational cues, what are you building? What are you building on? Right. The Bible talks about building, you know, on a a solid foundation, you know, build on the rock, not the sand. So if your, if your existence in life is this one, you know, that's built on the sand, it's never going to have the foundation, which is required to complete the structure. Right. And that was one of the things we talked about is building the structure, so to speak. And this, the structure of a man constitutes of these different roles that enables him to be successful in life, not just for himself, primarily for others. Yeah. Right. There's only one role that we're talking about as yourself. That is you. The other four is for everyone else. Yes. And that is one thing as we get into those roles. And this is where, a man's life is that of selfless sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Now, however, though, that first role, which is the launching pad, and if we're continuing with this building illustration, it is the foundation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't try to build a house on no foundation, nor would you try and go and live a life of selfless sacrifice from an empty cup. Yep. The role as a man is the only one that is self-focused. Mm-hmm. We get, when you get into husband, father, leader, and guide, those are all externally focused roles, Yep. right? One fifth of all of these roles is self-focused. Yep. All the other ones are externally focused, mm-hmm. right? And I think about it, like the reason we have to get so intimately acquainted with our, right? And the, the sections of like the little sub points for being a man is your identity. Mm-hmm. You have to know your identity. All right. And it's not just saying, oh, my identity is in Christ. That doesn't mean anything. Not enough. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That does not empower you. Yep. Right. It is true. Your identity is in Christ. And Absolutely. it is, I would say, uh, I would say you are hidden in Christ and you are a son of God. But then also you look, we even read it this morning at men's Bible study, right? In Matthew 16, Jesus says, Hey, who do men say that I am? I'll oh, say something, Elijah, John the Baptist, all these other, you know, prophets. Sure. Who do you say I am? And then, you know, Peter pop pipes in and is like, Hey, you're, you're the son of God. And he's like, good. Bless you, some Barjona, for flesh and blood did not show this to you, but my Father in heaven. And mm-hmm. then he basically goes into, now let me tell you who you are, yep. right? The Father gives us our identity. Mm-hmm. And our identity, we have an entire you know framework and course for that, the identity code. So you have your identity, then your body, your mind, and your spirit. That is like, the, that builds the temple, that builds the foundation. And yep. if you are not intimately acquainted with, and you don't have that, you don't weaponize yourself in that way, you're going to go into battle with a faulty gun, right? Mm-hmm. It's like one of the things I love seeing um, operators do is like how they can break down, clean, and reassemble their gun or whatever, like blindfolded sure. super fast. They're so intimately acquainted yep. with their M6 or M4 carbine, 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 right? They can take, I mean, barrel, upper, lower, trigger, everything. They everything. can take it apart 
and reassemble it mm -hmm. blindfolded, mm -hmm. right? Because they're so intimately acquainted with that. Mm -hmm. And if as men, we are not intimately acquainted with and dialed in with our identity, body, mind, and spirit, if those things are not built, we're going into war not knowing how to use the weapon that's in our hands. Yeah, right? that's good as illustration. You know, it's it, it comes back to setting yourself up for success, right? 100%. Being familiar with those details, right? You, you're you able to recognize when things aren't running smoothly. Yes. And then, furthermore, you can not only diagnose the issue, but then solve it. Yes. You know, find a resolution for it that, that enables you to continue forward. Yes. And I want to be super clear with this because... As we start to talk about building the man, right? Your identity, your body, your mind, and your spirit. A lot of people can, they can take a framework and an idea like this and a role and really overcomplicate it, mm. right? And complexity is the enemy of execution. So the more complex something is, the less likely you are to actually take action on it. Yep. Right. Keep it simple. And that's why with everything that we are creating in the iron society for guys and resources that we're going to continue to come out with, we're, we're making it very simple, practical and applicable because you can look at, Oh my gosh, my identity, my body, my mind, my spirit, how do I grow these things? And, and it's like, dude, hold on. Just don't get overwhelmed. There is a clear way on how to build these things, right? Like we can say, Hey, your identity, we'll take care of that identity code right? There is a way to do that. Now your body. Great. There's a way to, there is a way to dial that in. It's fitness, nutrition, right? And that's simple. And mm -hmm. we, we can get into that later. Uh, and then your mind, there is a way to give yourself a tool set to build an unbeatable mind, right? Like being able to take thoughts captive, yep. being able to direct your mind, right? All of that. And then your spirit, there is a way to grow your spiritual man. Mm -hmm. like there is a very, very clear disciplines and things you can do to grow spiritually. But it can be overwhelming, it right? Can. All those, all four of those things are really big, important, as we described, foundational keys to life. Yes. Right. And so for someone who's not really processed and stopped and to think about this, to, to take all that in at once can be really overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that's where it is good to have a guide, right? Yep. Which is you know, our fifth role as a man kind of help walk you through that. And that's, that's the beauty of community. God yes. created us, you know, he himself three in one, right? So there's, there's this beautiful aspect of finding that guide in your life to help you. And whether that's through courses and, and, and stuff like we offer within the iron society and, and, or, you know, more mature men that can walk you through that process yeah. uh, you know, that's where I would really uh, encourage guys to, to, pursue those relationships, yep. but ultimately it, it's a step at a time, right? And yes. it's following a, a path. Yes. Ultimately. Right. Yeah. And these things, I, I would say the order that we just laid out, right? Man, husband, father, leader, guide, that is the order you need to do these things in. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into in other episodes about like, okay, well, does that mean I forsake my role as a husband and father and leader as nope. I'm building myself? No, it's not. There's a way to, um, do the, give yourself the minimum effective dose in those things as you build the foundation, but you, you don't just forsake those things. Keyword effective. Correct. Right. Yes. You're still effective in those areas. You're pausing though. However, your focus, not pausing, that's a bad word. Uh, you're just refocusing. On you're, yeah. Just you're putting refocus, a focus on a different areas. Focus being really super intentional in these areas over here first, yep. not first, uh, simultaneously. Yes. While still giving an effective attention to the other areas. Correct. Yeah. You can focus on one thing and still maintain. Others. Yes, you can like it's, it is possible. Yep. Um, so that's the man, right? You got to have your identity, your body, your mind, and your spirit. Next is the role of husband, right? This, and this is where just a quick caveat. Some people that listen to this podcast, one, I know that some guys that aren't even married, don't have kids yet. Listen to this. Sure. There's guys in the iron society um, that are not married and don't have kids yet. And so they are really building the man. Mm -hmm. That is their big focus, mm -hmm. which it should be mm -hmm. because then as you get married and you have children, you've built the weapon, you've built the foundation from which you can then build those subsequent steps. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful mm -hmm. now. Um, but this is the order in which you need to build these things. Okay. Um, so husband, you have to take the man you've built and then take it into your marriage. 
And the reason you have to go in that order is because if, and God, we see this all the time. How, how easy is it for men to be less effective as fathers, as leaders in their, you know, community, in their church, in their business, in their work, um, or, and even discipling other men, if their marriage is just falling apart and always in shambles, yeah, like it, it consumes so much of your brain space and oh, your yeah. mental energy. If you know, ah, oh, man, tonight we're probably going to argue about something, or we had a fight last night and I got the cold shoulder this morning and then I'm supposed to go to work and try to focus on work. Mm-hmm. Like, good luck. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how good of a compartmentalizer you are. If your marriage is just in a crappy place, um, you're really not going to, your, your, your effectiveness is completely blunted. Absolutely. I mean, this, this person that you're married to is supposed to be your partner, your 100%. asset, your, Hey, I've got your back. You know, we, we, we do the shoulder to shoulder. And when you're at odds, man, how, how are you able to, to function in life as effectively as you, as if, if you were operating as one, yes. right? We're supposed to be as one. And yep. yet somehow <laughs> humanity manages to yeah. <laughs> divide that. And yeah. that that's ultimately the enemy dividing us, right? Because he knows we're weaker when we are divided. thousand percent. And so how do you protect that yep. and stay as one so you can be as effective in the rest of the roles yep. in your life? And, and I will also point out, Again, the first role is the one that's inward focused, right? It's focused on you. Mm-hmm. All the other ones are essentially leadership of other people mm-hmm. and leadership in other arenas. And if you cannot first lead at home with your wife and then your family, I would say, and this is, this is, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it this way because it, it's, it's true. And if it rubs you the wrong way or it's a little too blunt or it's a little too black and white, I don't know, deal with it. Okay. If you cannot lead at home and you are not leading home properly, I would personally disqualify you from leading in other areas. Sure. Okay. And here's the reason why it doesn't mean that you can't because there are men that are phenomenal CEOs and are doing well in the business space or are climbing the corporate ladder, but at right? what cost, but at what cost, right? Mm-hmm. If you are a Christian, you are a man that follows Jesus. Your first and foremost primary a one person that you are supposed to lead, protect, provide, and take care of is your bride. Mm-hmm. It is not your children. Mm-hmm. It is your bride. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, you are forsaking your first ministry yep. and your first most important aspect of leadership. Yep. And that's why it's in the area that it is. And there are ways to make your marriage better. And this is something that, oh man, my wife and I were starting the strong marriage podcast soon to be able to give you like weekly doses of how to make your marriage better. Um, and because I am, yeah, I'm confident that my wife and I, and you've been around my wife, you've been, I, I am confident in like, we don't have everything figured out. We're not perfect. Right. Um, but gosh, dang it. Like we do not, like we are not on the struggle bus. We don't even know what the struggle bus is. Like we've, we have things rolling in a very, very good direction with a lot of great momentum and fruit. Mm -hmm. There is, there are very simple ways to build your marriage, right? And I'll just tell you the three. One, you have to build your communication foundation. If you cannot communicate, um, I'm convinced that every dysfunction in marriage is a communication dysfunction at its, at its core. hundred percent. Every single one. You could talk about finances. You could talk about spirituality. You could talk about money. You can talk about sex and intimacy. All of it comes down to a communication problem. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot communicate, you will have areas of dysfunction everywhere else in your marriage. If you can't communicate, mm-hmm. the second is learning one, what your wife's love languages are and learning how to selfless, selflessly speak them. Yeah. Right. If your wife's love tank is not full and you're not doing that, good luck. And again, in having conversations well about anything, if her love tank is not full. Um, and then lastly, spiritual connection and growth together. Right. You, and, and again, those are in that order on purpose. What does that last one look like? Just a tidbit. Cause I know we could have a much longer conversation about this, but just give a guy that might be wondering, or right, what does that spiritual connection mean? Cause that's kind of a vague term to some guys. Yeah. I think. It can be a little innocuous in my mind. Um, one it's as, as your leader in the home, I always say you are the pastor of your home. Mm-hmm. Your pastor is not your wife's pastor. You are your wife's pastor. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, you, you fight me on it, but look, go ahead and look in scripture. Like, in, in, in the gospels or in the epistles, Paul literally says, 
to a woman, if you don't understand something, you have questions, go home and ask your husband. Mm. It does not say go consult your favorite podcast with a theologian. Mm -hmm. It does not say go listen to Costi Hinn and his great gospel interpretations or, you know, whatever theological podcast or books you want to listen to. It doesn't even say go to your pastor, shepherd, leader, or overseer. Mm -hmm. Go to your husband, right? And this is where um, I think a lot of our spiritual connection has to come from, right? A lot of the conversations my wife and I have, um, she's like, Hey, I was reading this in scripture. What are your thoughts about it? This is what sure. I, this is what I think, or this is what I heard somebody say. And she comes to me with those things on purpose because she knows I am the first layer of spiritual direction for her yeah. with that. Now, a lot of men get, they, they'll crap their pants over that certainly because most men have not one built a foundation growing themselves spiritually. Right. And if you're not in the word regularly and you are not learning how to rightly divide the word of God, as scripture would say, you are not going to be able to lead your wife spiritually, mm -hmm. but spiritual connection, I would believe would be one, being able to lead your wife spiritually two, being able to have spiritual conversation. And that comes in the form of, um, praying together. Um, Hey, what is the Lord speaking to you? What is, what are you, what are you reading in the word? What are you learning? How is the Lord speaking to you? Mm -hmm. All of that conversation, like that, that breeds a connection at a spiritual level to where you can grow and disciple your wife, right? Even scripture says, um, to wash your wife in with the water of the word. It's part of her sanctification process is you washing her in the water of the word, right? So like, do you have conversations about scripture? Do you read scripture together? Do you pray together? Yeah. There's a lot of different little disciplines that you can have for that spiritual connection. That's good. Um, and that's also where it comes down to as well. Like, are you unequally yoked? Mm. Right. And that's a, I mean, God, that's a yeah. whole nother Pandora's box. To oh open. yeah. But spiritual connection, I would say is one, being able to lead spiritually two, being able to have spiritual conversation about scripture, rightly divide it. Um, prayer, prayer together, time in the word and just overall general discussion about spiritual things. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason that's important is because what, what is 90% of most marriages conversation about? Not, not parenting, those, unfortunately. Parenting, yeah. money, yeah. just All random the arguments about the stress. Like, yeah. oh, you said this to me this way and then you fight and argue about it. And like, see, you're so messed up in so many other areas. You can't even have this spiritual connection. And when you have that spiritual connection, it makes everything else so much easier. Well, and think about it. Like if your focus was on a spiritual topic on, on spiritual things, how much less would you be in? I mean, just organically, the results would be that the rest of everything else would kind of start to realize you'd start to realize they weren't that crucial. Yes. They were really not divided on these things because we found this common passion and love for Christ and we agree on these things. We, we, we look to the Bible for the truth. Yes. yes. Right. And so all of a sudden everything's more clear on how we raise our kids, yep. what we do with our money, how we spend our time. There it is. So on and so forth. It's just, wow. Yep. I mean, it's not rocket science, but how often do we just completely miss that? Yep. And that's why, like, I mean, this is what I, we teach it with the little, a little, you know, series we did in the art study called marriage on fire is like, if you learn how to communicate and you speak your wife's love language, which ultimately when you're speaking your wife's love language, you will get the respect, trust, and honor from her that you deserve. Right. But then when you take that and you couple it with spiritual connection, when I say that everything seems to just fall into place after that. While that can seem overly simplistic, it does by vi by the virtue of exactly what you just said, mm -hmm. right? You have your wife's trust, respect, and honor, right? You can communicate well and your, your, you are, your, your authoritative guide is scripture and the leading of the Holy spirit and the way of the Lord. Then money issues are not money issues. Mm-hmm. They are biblical stewardship issues, mm -hmm. raising and disciplining children and in the way of the Lord. It's not a, what's my opinion or what is society saying? Right. It's what is scripture saying? And because we're both on the same level with that and I have your trust, honor, and respect, and we communicate well, we, those things, they, they do start to just fall into place. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, scripture is clear, right? Yeah. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah. Like we're not going to argue over that one anymore. Nope. Right. And yet society wants to tell you, no, 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 no. You've got to 
do all this and that and don't don't you dare you know it's like well actually yeah this is kind of a authoritative book that we believe you know yeah. it's highest authority so if we were to follow it what would our outcome be oh wow look this is actually working it's yeah. because i love my child that i'm going to discipline them and disciple them yeah and, you know shepherd them well so yeah so that's the second, right? You go from man, build the weapon, build the foundation. You take it into marriage. You get the communication, love languages, selflessly speaking that, which gains the love, trust, honor, respect, all of that. And then you have this spiritual connection and things really do start to fall in place. Mm -hmm. And while I just summed that up in 12 seconds, uh, there's a lot of work that takes place Absolutely. in that. And not just work once and it's done. It is a continual work in refining. Right? I think that could be said about all of this. Uh, a thousand percent. Right. And that's why I said earlier, these are the five roles and you can always evaluate them yes. on what needs to be better. Yes. After man, husband, you move to father, right? This is being a fierce father. Mm. Like just, mm. I mean, a fierce dad. Um, and when I say fierce, I'm not meaning like you're just angry all the time. And yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God, I'm so serious. Right. Yeah. But within being a fierce father, you have, you're engaged and present. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and one of my favorite terms uh, for being engaged and present that one of my mentors taught me is be where your feet are, mm. right? If you can be where your feet are when you're with your kids and just be engaged and present in the moment, you're not, your brain isn't over here on work, you know, is right. literally the prayer I prayed last night as I pulled up in the freaking driveway. I just, <laughs> my, I pulled up and my kids instantly start coming out, right? So I don't have much time. <laughs> and I just asked, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, help me be present and engaged help me be where my feet are, mm. right? Because I'm with the kids. I like that. Um, and so you're engaged and present. You're a discipler, first and foremost, mm -hmm. right? Um, friendship is a part of being a parent, right? I, and that's why I hate the the when people say, you're not supposed to be your kid's friend. I'm like, man, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know about that. You are first their, their father and their discipler. Yeah. Without a doubt. You also build a friendship, right? And that's why I think too many kids walk away from their parents and don't want anything to do with them when they're older mm. because you were the dictatorial authoritative leader and discipler. I will command you follow the Lord. Sure. But there was no friendship built. You didn't have their heart. And so your kids don't want to be once they're out of the house. They don't want to buy you anymore because yeah. they're just, you're just always telling them what to do and what not to do. Yeah. If you're, if you're only ever correcting and, and you mean well, right? You're trying to point them and show them the way to do things and be successful, right? So yeah. learn from my mistakes, you know, so, you know, that, that type of thing. But if, if that's all that's ever taking place is if there's not the encouragement side of things, if, if there's not the sharing your passions and the, and the joy that, that comes to you by doing X, Y, Z with them or, or, you know, you know, how they see you interact with your spouse, you know, if, if, if that, cause I mean, ultimately the friendship piece comes along with shared experiences. 100%. Right? I mean, that's where we, I identify with you be, so well in, in part, you know, we, we became friends over a shared experience yep. initially, right? Yep. We, we had a common interest. We did that thing together yep. and then a friendship blossomed, grew out of that. Yes. Right? And if you're not able to have those experiences with your kids, why would they want to come back around the holidays? Yep. Or, or God forbid, outside of the holidays, oh, yeah. right? Just randomly want to come yep. stop by the house or, or what have you. So yeah, I mean, huge goal in life for me is to have my kids want to spend time with me yep. after they're out of the house. Like yep. if, if that's not taking place, I've, I've failed them. Yep. I failed modeling what parenting should look like. Thousand percent. And that, I mean, I always say that's my goal is that in 40 years, I want my kids to want to be around me. Right. Mm -hmm. And even now, um, I use now as a gauge for that, mm. right? Like my kids want to leave the house at six 50 in the morning to go to the gym with us. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. it's not just to go lift some weights and shoot some hoops. It's cause they want to be around dad. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why they want to leave the house at five 50 in the morning on Wednesdays to go to Bible study mm -hmm. with us. Right. There's a reason why every time I leave the house, one of my kids, if not most of them are like, dad, can I go with you? Yeah. Right. I look at all of that and I'm like, they want to be with me. They want to, yeah, right. So you know, you know, you have the you have to be present, engaged. You're the discipler and leader, um, and then you there's the friendship part that is born out of that. But then also, joy and fun yeah. as a father. And this is what the other day we we're talking about. Yep. And 
I think I, I don't, I, man, I'm, I'll probably write a book about this at some point. Um, but I think that joy and fun in fatherhood and in masculinity in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. it is the topic that is just not talked about enough mm. in a healthy, good context. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, you look at so many motivational men that are trying to inspire men or teach men and all this. And it's discipline, suck it up, lead strong, stay hard, stay hard. (laughs) You know, like it's just, it's so much of this. And I'm like, hold on a minute, hold on, pause button. What does scriptures, what caused Jesus to endure the hard stuff? Mm. Scripture says for the joy Mm. set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. There is a lot about masculinity and being a man and being a father and being a husband and being a leader that is hard mm-hmm. and it, it you have to endure sure. and you do, you sure. have to endure. Yep. It is part of what we do. Yep. But what is the catalyst and the impetus for enduring the hard crap? The why, yeah. The joy, Yep. right? I think about 40 years from now, my kids wanting to be with me and that the joy of that causes me to endure the hard things. And we just don't talk about joy. Yeah. We don't talk about it. Yeah. What brings you joy? Yeah. Are you doing it? Are you regularly encountering those things? Think about it. Do you enjoy being around someone who's always just white knuckling their life? Oh, right. Do you enjoy someone who's always the, the Debbie Downer, the, the naysayer, the, the, you know, life's hard person, or do you enjoy being around the person who is just exuding joy and gratefulness, thankfulness that they, they see the gain in life, right? They see how far they've come and they're grateful for it. Like, and they, it's just, it spreads like wildfire, right? When you've got that person, I, Gordon always comes to mind because whenever you see Gordon, first thing you get is a huge good morning if it's morning Mm -hmm. and hello, what have you. And a big hug, right? He's just, he's sharing the joy that he is experiencing. Yep. Right. And that comes from a place of knowing who he is and knowing his father and and so on and so forth. Right. And he's able to share that and exude that. And that's why your kids are going to want to come back and for, you know, still come, come around in four years is because they, they know that if they're around dad, they're going to experience his joy. Yep. They're going to get filled up themselves by just being around them. Yep. Right. If nothing else, just just spending the time. Even even if there wasn't this big fun thing planned, they're still going to experience Dad's joy. Yep. I did something a few weeks ago, um, and I I'll challenge any guy to do it. Hmm. I guarantee I I will ninety nine percent guarantee you'll have the same outcome. And you can do it when you come home. You can just do it when you're randomly sitting around a weekend or whatever. When you're around your kids. Okay. And your wife don't explain a dang thing and just start laughing. (laughs) Just start laughing. Just walk in or sit there and start laughing and you can point it. You you don't have to point at anything, but just every time they ask you what's going on, just start laughing. (laughs) Giggle your brains out. Seriously. Just start laughing. I did it a few weeks ago. I just started laughing and just kept laughing and kept laughing. And then guess what? My olders started doing. Started giggling. They got a little smirk on their face. Yeah. And started giggling and laughing. Yeah. My youngers, like uh, Uriah, Callie, and even Steph. Steph was kind of the last one because she was like trying to figure everything out. Like, what what is is Cody doing? Yeah. I'm just laughing. Everyone started giggling and laughing. Mm. And we eventually got to this point where everyone was like laughing hysterically because they just didn't know why dad was laughing. And I wasn't laughing at anything in particular. I was just laughing to see if I could get them laughing. Hmm. Right. But it's, it was the best illustration of your joy is so infectious. Yeah. Just go into your home and start laughing when your family is around and just keep <laughs> doing it. And I, I, I will almost guarantee you, everyone around you will start laughing. And it's just the most beautiful illustration that like you, you can infect your family's culture and environment that much mm-hmm. where you're not even laughing about anything in particular. Mm-hmm. You're just laughing to make other people laugh. And it does that. Yeah. Right. So, and also when scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like it's not the, 
oh, I was so disciplined and I was so, I, my habits were so dialed and I would got my gym stuff done and I did this and all this. So then I can be kind of happy. No, 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 no. Your strength in life as a husband, as a father, as a man comes from the joy of the Lord, mm. right? There's so much in scripture that is about joy and it's a conversation we don't have enough. Yeah. And I think in this role as father, that's really where we need to like, look at this is the joy aspect, yeah. right? Love so have man, fun, have some freaking fun, yeah. cut loose. It's okay. My gosh. So you got man, husband, father, leader. Okay. You've built the foundation. You've taken that in your marriage. You've taken it into the fatherhood. And now you take it into the outward arena. And right? in that order, because as we said, our primary responsibilities are our wife yep. and our kids. 100%. Right? Yes. That's why it, it's strategic that it's in that order. Yes. Outside of that, now you can begin to, again, affect, uh, what'd you say, maximum uh, effective dose? Minimum. Yeah. Minimum effective dose, right? Uh -huh. Up until this point, you're the, the leader stuff in the community. Now, while yes, things can still be done simultaneously, it's still that minimum effective dose to triage so you can focus on what is priority. Yes. Again, get your get your family in order first, right? Yep. Absolutely. Check. And and when we say your role as leader, these are the domains in which that role expresses mm -hmm. itself. In your work or your business, right? Your vocation mm -hmm. to provide, your church. And then your community at large and community, I would also put into, I'd kind of split it off into two sections of being like your community, like the few families that you really share life with. Sure. And then your community at large, like the city you freaking live in. Yeah. Right. Uh, are you known as a leader in your community in some regard? Because mm -hmm. uh, even in Proverbs 31, everyone thinks the Proverbs 31 is all about the woman. It's not right. The Proverbs 31 woman is empowered by the Proverbs 31 man that's tucked and hidden in there that people don't really like talking about because mm. it talks about her husband being a man that is well known by the elders at the city gates, mm. right? Being a man that's well known by people in the city. Mm -hmm. um, but that's at your area as a leader. How are you leading in your workplace or in your business? How are you leading in church? How are you leading in your community? Those are all areas that now you are empowered to go take the gospel to take God's kingdom to and his influence and live out your life as a man in those domains. You have to take it there. And what's crazy is part of this domain is actually where a man spends the majority of his life mm -hmm. right at work. I don't yep. know how much of a man's life he spends there. I mean, I'm sure there's a stat somewhere. I mean, typically a minimum of 40 hours a week, they say, right? Uh, it's where you spend a lot of your time. And so being able to be empowered when you first had, you know, you've developed yourself as a man, husband, and father, then you take all of that momentum into those areas and you become the employee that is the leader in your company or your business or your job or being the actual business owner and growing a company that's well-respected and pays for other people's well-being and their livelihood, right? Mm -hmm. And then leading and serving in your church, mm -hmm. leading and serving your community, um, that's the next domain that you have to step into. Yep. And a lot of men don't, Yep, they just don't step in there because the first three are so trashed. Right. They're, they're completely trashed. Yeah. So how could you have the mental capacity to do it? Yeah. You know, yeah. The energy bandwidth to, to tackle anything above and beyond when you're suffering Yeah. in the most strategic, you know, most prioritized areas in your yep. life already. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think of building community. Um, is, you know, leading building, I don't know if it's necessarily interchangeable, but mm -hmm. just for reference for me, it helps me to, to look at community as building because yeah. part of it is you're creating it, right? Oh, like 100%. It's, it's on you. It's that, I think that's part of the leading aspect of, is you're leading the way creating this community because otherwise it doesn't exist mm -hmm. right now. There is worldly community that is already built and you could go be a part of and, and have influence in that yeah. could be a good thing. But sometimes I think, you know, I think the Bible calls us to, to build that community, to create it for ourselves and lead in that. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's in a church setting or in your community setting, you know, people, you know, live in neighborhoods and you know, how often, you know, we call them what garage driveway, garage door neighborhoods, right? Where you pull up, you open the garage door, you pull in and oh, yeah. you know, no one actually interacts anymore. You know, there, no one's out in the front yard talking with their neighbor, you know, but 
to to be intentional to build those the community right have a freaking block party right mm-hmm. organize that and get to know your neighbors right and you know have people over for dinner and yeah. you know begin to build that culture right yep. affect culture in a way and because that that's really what it's all about yes is a christian man should be affecting culture for yes. the kingdom yeah right building the kingdom ultimately is our overarching goal in all mm-hmm. of this yeah and that's I believe big picture, right? Like, as you just said, we are affecting and establishing God's culture here, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, As earth as it is in heaven, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And that is, I think you go all the way back to the creation mandate when we are to dominate and subdue the earth. Yes, sir. I really believe that that is, you could also directly just translate that into or just put it side by side of, if if you are dominating and subduing the earth, you are establishing God's culture and God's ways here in your community and in the culture in which you live. Mm-hmm. And that means in your home, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your workplace, in your church, in mm-hmm. your community, that is dominating and subduing the earth. It is mm-hmm. establishing God's culture here. Yep. Right. And that is how you can be in the world, but not of it. Yep. Right. We are surrounded by this culture, but you know what? In the context that I am in, I'm going to establish a certain culture. And this is why I hate, oh, there's such an assault on masculinity and men and, you know, gods and this and that, blah, 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 blah. It's like, hold on a minute. Not in my world, there's not. Yep. You come around my circle, you come around my context. No, no, no. I establish that culture. I establish what is talked about and all. Like, that's, I establish my domain. Mm-hmm. And you want to be in my world? This is how we do it. Yep. Right? And that's what men, I think, have relegated. And I just, it's such a victim mentality but it also creates a really pretty enemy for people to get, sure. you know, all riled up about, right? Because there are those three types of relationships we talked about. The comrades, constituents, and confidants. And a lot of people want comrades right now. Yep. It's let's have this common enemy and fight it, yep. right? So let's piss, moan, and complain about how the world is assaulting men, masculinity, and our way of life. Let's all be a... And ultimately, it's victim mindset. It is. It's victim mindset for people that try to cover it up in the most manly ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's what always cracks me up. Oh, the world's assaulting this. No, 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 it's assaulting. We got to rise up. And I'm like, you're looking for comrades to fight an enemy of this war that really isn't affecting you. Mm. Like this whole, you know, war on masculinity and manhood and all of that hasn't found its way into my home. Right. Because I've, I'm the one who establishes that culture yeah. in my home. Yeah. So you want to come into my world? We're going to play by my rules, and which not are only, ultimately the Lord's rules. Not only establishing your home, but those are the relationships that you're seeking out to engage with as far as your family goes. Yep. Right. Like you're putting yourself around other men who also have established in that. Yep. That in their home. Yep. It's like, dude, this morning we had like 22 men at Black Rifle Coffee opening the word together, reading it, discussing it, praying. With what, three or four of us with our sons there. Right? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. We're in the world right there. But dude, you walk into that place. No, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what culture is being established. Mm -hmm. And the crazy part is that, I mean, those are guys from our church and our men's ministry, Mm -hmm. but there were other dudes there from other churches that are reading their Bible doing the same thing. Yep. It's like when men take freaking stuff by the balls and say, we are going to establish culture. Mm-hmm. The culture of Wednesday mornings and black rifle, bro, it's a church, not a coffee yep. shop. No, absolutely. And it's because the men of God decided we are going to establish culture here. Mm-hmm. Right. And what if all men of God started doing that? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden this quote war that we're fighting. No, 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 no. It, it, it's not a war at that point anymore. You actually know who has the power. Yep. Because we can go in and affect it like that. Yep. Battle's been won. Oh, absolutely. We're just, we're left on earth to run up the score. Yep. So I like it. Um, man, husband, father, leader, last one role is guide. At this point now, you have effectively grown in and established the culture of all these different roles and you're affecting all of these different domains by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the leading of the Lord as mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. Now as a guide. You get to go find men that aren't doing this and you get to be their guide. And the reason we chose that word of guide is because a lot of men are very familiar with hunting. And one of the best ways to guarantee success on a hunt is having a professional guide. Have a guide. Right? It's like the guide knows the guide knows the terrain. The guide knows, ah, you know, actually, if we go over this ridge, 
we're going to get to a valley that you do not want to get into. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get an animal down there yeah. because the pack out's going to be terrible. Yeah. So we're going to take this route because also the wind is coming this way mm-hmm. and we're going to mm-hmm. hide our scent a little more. And we're going to be able to come across and cut this elk off at this other ridge mm-hmm. that you can't see because yeah. you don't know the terrain. And it, it'd do. be a way longer path per se or what have you. But he knows uh-huh. he's been there, right? Yep. He's already been there. I think that's some of the the, the beautiful uh, aspects of this is there's there's the wind. The wisdom has been gained. There's a difference yes. between knowledge and wisdom, right? Yep. The wisdom has been gained by experience. He's been there, yep. and now he can show the way. Absolutely, and this is where, as you've grown in all of these areas, and you've been hopefully growing in those areas by having a guide of yourself, by having a guide yourself. Mm -hmm, And that mm -hmm. ultimately, let's just like bottom line it here, that is why we exist as the Iron Society, as an organization. Mm -hmm. Up till now, we've had a group of guys that are a part of our private coaching community, right? But even in 2024 and beyond, we are expanding much larger beyond that. Mm -hmm. And in that coaching community and at large, we are the guide. We're not here to say, look at us. We figured this all out. No. Like we're perfect. Although, nope. oh, well, I don't want to say we haven't figured it out. We have figured it out. <laughs> that is why we're giving you a framework because yes. we've figured something out. But we're not perfect. But we're not perfect. And yeah. we're not saying that we're, we have arrived because right. as with all these roles, we're constantly growing. Still on the path. But because we've gone through all of these domains and are winning, we're saying, hey, we can now be your guide. Mm-hmm. We can grow you as a man with your identity, body, mind, and spirit. We can help you grow as a husband with these love languages, this communication, spiritual connection. We can do all these things. We can be your guide. You are still the hero of your story. Absolutely. You are the Luke Skywalker. We are Yoda, mm-hmm. right? We're going to sit here and we're just going to tell you, hey, may the force be with you, AKA, right? May the power of God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it's yep. going to empower you. Yeah, but we're just going to tell you how to use the force and how to walk through this path to go win the day. Yeah. Right. And in part it, back to the, we haven't arrived aspect. We still have a Yoda, 100%. right? We still seek out guides to yep. further our ability to further our knowledge to, to grow us. Right. Yes. There's no one should, should feel like they've arrived. We're 100%. always learning. We're always growing. There's, there's none, none of this. I've got it. Everything figured out. Yep. And so I think, I think that's where this, this path, if you will, it just, it never ends. It's not that we, you don't necessarily circle back from the beginning being man, and then you get to the guide and then you circle back or what have you, but it's, but now you're able, you have, you, you should in theory have the bandwidth, the ability, the wisdom, the experience to now begin to help other men. Yes. Right. You've, you've, you've dialed in every role enough. So now you have bandwidth, you have the ability, you have the vision, you have the, the mindset that can then now be a guide, a blessing to another man. You yeah. can pour out. Well, right. Like we said with the guide, it's someone who has, they've gone somewhere, they've accomplished something, they know something, mm-hmm. right? And so now you've gone through the process, you've gone through the path. Are, are you perfect? No, but you've gone through the path. So now you know some pitfalls to avoid and you mm-hmm. can help guide other people. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the building illustration, you've built your foundation. You put the stick walls up. You maybe put some OSB siding on, right? As your siding or, you know, whatever the sheathing, the sheeting. And then you've put your roof on. You've, you know, you have the appliances in the home, right? You've built the house. Oh, wow. You went through the path. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Now. I'm going to go, I'm going to go shore my foundation up. I'm going to cycle back around. I'm going to shore my foundation, do some landscaping on the outside. You know what? I'm going to take that OSB sheeting off and I'm going to do some, uh, some hardy plank siding. Now I'm going to upgrade my siding and I'm going to go in and you know what? I know I just did a white paint on the inside to get it, you know, better than what it was and establish it. But now I'm going to go add some accent walls to make things look more beautiful. And actually, you know, I'm going to accessorize this room a little bit and I'm mm-hmm. going to fill it with mm-hmm. things. Right. And even as Proverbs says, by wisdom, a house is established or a home is established, but by wisdom or knowledge, it's established, but by wisdom, it's rooms are filled. Yeah. You can use the knowledge of this path to build your house, but then you have the wisdom after doing it the first time. And then you can go fill its rooms with beautiful, precious things. Yeah. It's always this, uh, it's like you build a house. 
and then you go Chip and Joanna Gaines that mug, right? <laughs> and sometimes that looks like a remodel. That's a, right? exactly what sometimes it is. Sometimes you're tearing out a wall because you didn't realize, you know, that served us for a season. Yes. But now it's time to expand. Ha- absolutely. Right? Let's let's adopt some kids. Yes. We need, to, we need to blow this wall out and make this room a little larger, right? So we yep. can get some more bunk beds in here or whatever, yep. you know? And that's exactly what the process looks like. And that's yep. why you never arrive. However, when you're on the third remodel... And you're not struggling. Remodeling doesn't mean something's bad. It means you're making it better and more efficient. Yep. But once you're on your second pass around remodeling or your third or fourth or fifth, right? You're 60, 50 years old and 40. You've done this thing a few times. Dude, take the 25-year-old and be like, dude, here's how you build your foundation. Here's how you put this first thing up, right? That's exactly why I do not believe in retirement. No. Right? We do not retire from life. No. You know, I think, you know, commonly it's associated with work, you know, specifically a career, what have you. But man, so many people, when they do retire, they kind of quit everything oh, 100%. Or, or, or a lot of things too well, many they just go too many things pickleball in the morning at logan health in the yeah, morning yeah just to go to the gym <laughs> just too many things right it just becomes this inwardly focused aspect they go back to just the oh i'm gonna take care of me now yep. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna enjoy they I'm forsake their four my other roles they and you know and so man if if make a grasp being a guide throughout their life yep how much better how much more of a start of a launching pad could a could that 25 year old have if he had that man in his life who's seen the trials seen the tribulations been able to celebrate the yep. wins been able to look back and give thanks for all that god's brought him through right yep. see the gain and be able to share that wisdom with with that younger man man god we we need the the older generation in our church in our in our communities to really grasp the concept of helping helping those younger generations really benefit from their wisdom absolutely absolutely so hey um we're gonna call it an episode um because i know we got other stuff to do today i do Uh, but hey real quick man husband father leader guide um let's just over the next five weeks let's just go over each one of those let's just keep it super because that way we can dive in a little more um to each one of those and give you a little more context about that but those are the roles. That is the order. That is the path. If you want to live your life incredibly fulfilled with living your purpose, with your living your calling that the, the Lord has called you to, that's how you do it mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. That is the path you follow. And there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of overlap, but that is the path and that is the process. So until next week, guys, I love you. The best is yet to come. We'll talk to you soon. Out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.